we're working with biomaterials and specifically now we're working with uh, mycelium based materials. Mycelium is the root parts of the fungi and um, in the last couple of years there is a there are ongoing research to, to explore uh, developing mycelium based composite materials that are used in architecture and building. Welcome to Growing Impact, a podcast by the Institutes of Energy and the Environment at Penn State. Growing Impact explores cutting-edge projects of researchers and scientists who are solving some of the world's most challenging energy and environmental issues. Each project has been funded through an innovative seed grant program that is facilitated through IEE. I'm your host, Kevin Sliman. Today on Growing Impact, I speak with Benai Gersoy, an assistant professor of architecture, about her project titled Mycelium-Based Biocomposites in Architecture, a biodegradable and renewable alternative to construction. Her project investigates using the roots of fungi to create biodegradable and sustainable building materials in an effort to reduce the carbon footprint of the building industry, which impacts everything from climate change to landfill waste. Thank you for being on the podcast today, Benai. Thank you for the invitation. Building industry, according to reports, has a big share in global carbon emissions. Like in the United States alone, the building sector accounts for about you know, 37% of all greenhouse gas emissions. In Europe, this is about 40%. And you know, this is likely to continue. And you know, this includes building materials, transportation, building operations, industry. And among this share, you know, building materials take a considerable amount of energy to, you know, manufacture, ship to the project site and install conventional building materials that we use today, like uh, concrete, steel, aluminum, you know, they uh, account for more than 20% of all global carbon emissions. And, you know, we know that a significant portion of these materials are production for the, are produced, sorry, for the construction industry, especially concrete. The embodied energy of concrete, which is the total energy required for the extraction, processing, manufacture, and delivery of building materials to the project site, that's very high for concrete because cement production is extremely energy and fossil fuel intensive. So this means the CO2, the carbon, uh, the carbon emission of concrete is very high because, you know, the energy consumption produces carbon, uh, carbon uh, CO2, and, you know, this contributes to global warming. Also, you know, in addition to this, the resources that we use today for construction, these materials, uh, sorry, the resources that we use today to, for these materials are limited. And, you know, if we continue to build with this pace, you know, they will run out. So we need to find sustainable alternatives for building materials. So it's important to think about building materials. Okay. So you've named a couple of the ways that building materials affect our world. Are there others that, you, that kind of come in? So... I listed a couple like pollution and going into landfills, climate mm-hmm. change, et cetera. Are there other yeah. items inclu- uh, that you would include in that list? Yeah, you know, like I mentioned, high embodied energy and climate change in one aspect, but landfills is also another. And construction generate large amounts of waste, but also, you know, demolition. Mm-hmm. So when buildings are constructed or demolished, they generate significant amount of waste that go to landfills. Uh, just in the U.S. alone, about like, 250 million tons of consumer solid waste is generated annually and less than a third of this is recycled or composted and you know amount about 40 percent of this waste comes from construction waste and this includes you know demolished buildings but also buildings that are 
I'm sorry, the materials that, that we take to the construction site, but you know, we send that, but send, send directly to landfills without being used. And what are some ways these materials can be used? So when, when I say these materials, I'm talking about these materials you're proposing. And actually, why don't we actually step back mm -hmm. and actually talk about these materials that you're talking that you're proposing? Yeah. So, you know, with to respond to these problems, you know, we can look for alternative materials that are that have a low but embodied energy, so reduced carbon footprint, but that are also biodegradable, so produce no or few or less construction waste that are that is that goes to landfills, but that can also be renewable, so that they don't rely on limited sources resources. So these, if we approach the building materials from these lenses, we can, and look for alternatives. You know, there could be other ways to use uh, building materials for circular practices, circular um, and so circular economies. Mm -hmm. Can you describe what you're what you're proposing? In, in the research that we're working on, we're working with biomaterials, and specifically now we're working with uh, mycelium-based materials. Mycelium is the root parts of the fungi, and um, it the, the in the last couple of years there is a there are ongoing research to to explore uh, developing mycelium-based composite materials that are used in architecture and building. It's not an industrial material yet because it's still on, you know experimental, but you know the, these materials are um, uh, they they are completely biodegradable, so they don't produce land waste. Oh, sorry, the land waste for landfills. Another in aspect is that um, they are cultivated using waste materials. So during the production process, since mycelium is a living thing, you know, it needs to feed on something. And usually the things that it can feed to grow can be agricultural waste, but also, you know, some urban waste too. So it can grow, it, it can be manufactured using waste and it generates no waste when it's uh, demolished or, you know, when it's crushed and mixed with soil. So um, it is also somehow renewable so when you have the living thing and when you feed the living thing, you know, you can uh, keep growing and cultivating more materials. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it, it doesn't there's it doesn't rely on limited resources in that aspect, similar to some other conventional materials. Um, and, you know, this is not, you know, the only uh, like I said, it's still in experimental, you know, that it's not an industrial uh, material yet, at least not produced in industrial scale. And uh, over the past couple of years, like maybe um, nine, 10 years, um, different teams, interdisciplinary teams developed uh, wall and ceiling panels, um, like bricks and blocks. Um, and then there are some structures like installations that are being built uh, in different scales. And one of them, the most well-known one, is the Hi-Fi Tower that was built at um, MoMA in New York. Mm -hmm. So it's it's the tallest project ever built with mycelium blocks. And then once it's constructed, you know, sorry, once um, the exhibition was over, they just uh, crushed and demolished all the bricks. So no waste was produced at the end. As we talked about how the building materials have shown up in the world before, historically have they shown up in other places? Mycelium-based materials were is actually not very new, but it's not it hasn't been used in uh, in architecture or building. In the past, uh, mycelium-based materials have been used 
by other um, by other um, industries or by other disciplines to make um, like um, letter based like like vegan letter using mycelium or um, it also has been used in packaging industries as an alternative to you know foam that we use in packaging but it's also been used to make some furniture Um, but you know like I said there's a recent interest by architects um, to explore the building potentials with mycelium. I have to ask, does it have a scent? Yes, it does. But during the growth process, it does. Okay. But, the but once, once it's made into a product, it does not? No. It, once you made it into a product, it becomes a lightweight material mm-hmm. uh, that is um, similar to foam in that sense okay. because it loses uh, the water amount. What You stop the process by... Um, either um, heating the material or by drying it under the sun. So during this process, it loses its moisture content and that's what stops um, the mycelium growth. And it becomes a lightweight material, um, similar to foam, with ha- which has some, um, like some structural capabilities, so it can bear some load, mm-hmm. uh, but also it's like fire retardant, it doesn't catch fire. And it also uh, is a good, um, it's also water, uh, it doesn't absorb water, mycelium itself. So it also has that uh, hydrophobic uh, capabilities. Does it, uh, is it used or is it a good insulator in it at all? Yeah, yeah, there, there, the, yeah. There's like, again, re- research in the, in the past couple of years to you to explore insulate mycelium based composites as alternative insulation materials and it the, the results are pretty impressive they have better uh, insulation um, rates than conventional petroleum based insulation products so with your project is it a new angle or maybe an improvement upon mycelium that the way it's being used there are multiple things that we're exploring with uh, my PhD student, Ali Gazvinian, is one of the main researchers working with me. But there are also like some undergrads and master students who, who are working with me. So with Ali, uh, what we're exploring is using the structural aspects of mycelium-based composites. So we're cultivating different types of uh, composite materials and exploring how they behave under compression. So we're doing some compressive strength tests. And then the idea, and that's also what we're working on, is to generate structural forms that are that take into consideration the material properties of this material. So it's like we're not trying to um, make a structure using mycelium-based composites, but we're basically designing the structure based on the properties of mycelium-based composites that we're cultivating. So we're using some computational form-finding technologies to take into consideration, you know, these material properties. So it's like we're cultivating the material, understanding how it behaves, and then designing structures based on its um, material properties. And so we're also looking into ways of redesigning the formworks that we cultivate mycelium so that it can breed, but also it's not susceptible to contamination at the same time. Uh, Another thing that, um, you know, I started exploring is to 3D print mycelium um, using paste extruders. 
so that you know that will that also eliminates the need for formworks so formwork waste and then you know with 3d printing there are um, things that that opens up a whole other world for form generation using mycelium based composites so what are your hopes for this what are you looking to achieve at the end of the day we have short-term goals and long-term goals mm -hmm. the short-term goal is now we're by the end of this summer in August, we are hoping to build our first large, uh, large scale um, mycelium based structure. And also once we build it, we'll also be able to test its durability because it's going to stay outdoors. And then exploring alternative ways of shaping and forming mycelium like 3D printing, but also alternative types of formworks. You mentioned a little bit about your interdisciplinary team. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to go, if there, you have any more information to talk about how this is beneficial because like you talked about you know you, there's one aspect of being an architect and, a, and someone who's designing it but then the individuals who are helping with materials and mm -hmm. and farming it and everything else so. yeah so since the beginning of this project we've been and working with um the mushroom research center at penn state and specifically john pickia from the director of the mushroom research center he gives us he gave us, and he's still giving us insights about, you know, how we can better cultivate mycelium, what kind of additives, what kind of supplements we can use. And most importantly, we are using their facilities and we're also collaborating with, um, you know, material scientists for the material tests, for the structural, the compression based tests and uh, other types of material tests. What are you hoping for for this project to achieve? There are lots of parameters that affect the material properties, but there's no standards for comparing those. So when we do the compression, compression tests, we still compare, we start using standards for concrete, for instance. So, and there's also like, like I said, mul multiple explorations from around the world people, designers cultivating their own mycelium-based composites. So there's lots of knowledge, grow, there's a growing knowledge. So one thing that uh, we always discuss is to somehow bring together all these explorations together and, you know, develop like a, like a guideline or a set of rules so that you would know what to do when you're when, when you start working with mycelium-based composites. Uh, similar to how, for instance, we publish uh, recipe books or cookbooks. There could be there could be things for growing mycelium-based composites for architectural use or design use, and you know recipes for cultivating mycelium-based composites for this purpose, that purpose. I and mean, that's something uh, I don't know if I'll have the energy to do, but that's something that uh, we've been discussing. Like, why don't we bring all these different explorations together and put together something like a recipe book? If anyone is interested in working with us, we're always open to collaborations. And thank you for spending time with us on the podcast, Benign. Thank you. Thank you. This was my pleasure. You have been listening to Growing Impact, a podcast by the Institutes of Energy and the Environment at Penn State. I've been your host, Kevin Slyman. This has been Season 2, Episode 1. Thank you for listening. <laughs>